Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up podcast. I am your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is going to come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. Welcome, welcome to the All Jacked Up Crew. What is going on, everybody? I hope everybody's doing well. I hope you guys are enjoying your week. Man, it is, uh, it's been a busy week, but a really, really good week over here in Greenville, South Carolina. Feels like there's a lot of irons in the fire. I don't even know what that saying means. Like, I, like you got a lot of stuff going on, or maybe at one point a lot of irons in the fire, like there was just... I don't know. I don't even want to speculate. I don't know, but I got a lot of irons in the fire. So whatever that means, let's go. Let's do it. I don't know if they were, what what does that mean? They were ironing clothes? No, no, not ironing clothes. They were shaping and forming metal. Yeah, I I told you I wasn't going to speculate. Here I am. Here I am speculating. So today's episode, big, big treat you guys know how I like to promote my buddy, old Bobby, Bobby Pinto, and his podcast, Faithful Coach. If you haven't checked it out, you need to check it out. You don't even have to be a coach to like what is going on with his podcast, but it's really good. Um, I wanted to share an episode with you guys that Bob and I did. We had a really, really fun interview with some of softballs just man we talk about the fagans um that is a softball family they are all over the place and just talented so let let me tell you we interviewed kevin fagan who is now the head coach at emmanuel college a really small school uh, down there in georgia and he has taken over since he's been the head coach there and just completely revamped the program, turned it around, done a, done a, a, a fantastic job down there at Emmanuel. But, um, so Kevin Fagan, and we also interviewed three of his daughters, uh, Casey, Sammy, and Haley. And just want to, I want to run through like what, just a little bit of what some of this fan, cause this, this isn't even the whole family, but let me, let me tell you a little bit about the Papa, about Mr. Kevin. He played seven seasons for the San Francisco 49ers. So he's a big football guy. Um, I mean, just, you know, like, yeah, got it done seven seasons within those seven seasons playing for the 49ers. He is a two time Super Bowl champ. Holy cow. That is amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Man, it's get, he's getting me all choked up. But, I mean, just unbelievable. Um, he he has, well, three of his kids, the ones that we're going to talk to, Casey, Sammy, and Haley, they are softball players, but not just softball players. They were SEC standouts at Arkansas, Mizzou, and Auburn. And right now, all three of them, yes, obviously they played softball in college, but they're also coaching at the collegiate level. Two of them are at Liberty University with uh, Bob and and his wife, Dot. Um, they're up there in Virginia with them. And, and uh, one is actually coaching with her dad, with Kevin, so at Emmanuel, which is really, really cool. So uh, we had just a great conversation. We had a lot of fun. It was just a, a good time to just learn all the things we can learn about the Fagan family. So guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And again, if you haven't checked out Faithful Coach, go check it out. Bobby is doing a great job. Um, But I had so much fun in this episode. I just wanted to share this with you guys. So hope you enjoy this. I hope you guys have a blessed rest of the week. And guys, I hope you spend the rest of the week all jacked up. Welcome. This is the Faithful Coach Podcast.
Welcome to Faithful Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Pinto, and I am with my co-host, Dana Jenkins. How are you, Dan? It's always a pleasure to see you. I am doing wonderful, Bobby. And you? We're doing well. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, my belly was full. I was uncomfortable, which means it was a good day. It was a good day. Isn't that what Thanksgiving's about? Thanksgiving, I say. I, Isn't that what Thanksgiving's about? I guess. I don't know. Just lots of good food and sitting around a little bit. Yeah. I'm all right with that, though. So, today... What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, my favorite dish is my mother, which was my grandmother's uh, stuffing. It's not your typical, like, breads, you know, where they got those big bread cubes. Mm-mm, this has sausage and... Ooh. You're gonna have to try it. I'll get, I'll get my mother to make it for New Year's Eve. Yes. Oh yeah. You're coming Let's for go. New Year's Eve, right? Let's go. All yes, right. sir. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Before I forget, we Dana and FCA softball will be at the NFCA Coaches Convention, which is the softball coaches convention in San Antonio. Dot and I will be there <laughs> starting next Tuesday evening. FCA softball has a breakfast on Friday morning. At 7 a.m., where myself and Dot and Jim Gasso and Patty Gasso will be the uh, guest speakers, so to speak. We're going to be talking about uh, being married to a college coach, what that's like, and how to navigate that because it's tough. 65, it's going to be good. 65% of coaches' marriages end in divorce, but we'll get on to that later. Listen, today, amazing. We have not one, not two, not three, but four faithful coaches. You guys, this is going to be a fun one. (laughs) So guys, you are going to be so excited of who we have on today. We have a family of coaches. How this happened, I don't even know if they know, but we're going to find out today. (laughs) We have the Fagan family of coaches. If you're a softball fan, you know who they are. Casey, Sammy, Haley, and Dad, Kevin. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Bob. Oh, you're anytime, Casey. Casey's there with, well, Dana's going to ask that question, I think, right? See who she's. I just, I saw you. Yeah, we're on a Zoom call. I know people on the podcast can't see it, but like, I love this dog, but I love his name more. Can you share your dog's name with everybody? Yeah, so I have a corgi. He's like one and a half, but um, I named him after the Godfather. So his name is Michael Corgione, um, but we call him Mikey. Mikey for short. The most creative <laughs> dog name I've ever heard. Yeah. Congratulations. So does the whole family, do you guys all come up with these super creative names for your pets? Is that a family? No. No. Okay. Everybody's just unique to me. Just me. Oh, my God. See, <laughs> this is what I forgot to tell everybody. We're unscripted. So I was going to, I had something in mind, and now we're completely off subject. But that's okay. <laughs> we love this. Uh, this is, well. this seriously, you guys are one of my favorite families on the planet. I love all of you. It's so fun to be around you guys. I get to, I get to see Casey and Sammy all the time. And uh, it's just a great time. And you guys are awesome. You guys, listen. You all played on the same high school team, won two state championships, beating Jackie Trena in one of them, I might add. Um, and your dad was the coach of that team. You also all played for SEC programs. Two out of three of you played in the College World Series. I mean, the list goes on and on. You have uh, Sammy and, and Haley both played professionally here in the United States. Sammy played in Japan professionally. Um, list goes on and on. Dad... Kevin, you've you've coached at uh, two or three colleges. Always, always brought the college program up to the next level. Um, you've been coach of the year. I mean, there's just there's just so many things. But the best and most important accolade is that they all love Jesus and He is their Lord and Savior. And I do want to say one more thing. If people don't know. Kevin was a two-time Super Bowl champion with the San Francisco 49ers, which 
leads me to my first question. So you had Casey, he's the oldest. You had Sammy, and then you had Haley. So you're from this manly man sport, and you have three female, uh, three girls in a row. What was going through your head right then? Well, Bob, I knew we had to play something. It wasn't going to be football. So <laughs> I coached the girls in soccer. Me and uh, my wife, Nancy, actually started a soccer league that got to be, I think, close to a 1,000 members. We were soccer coaches, and I was the president of the league. We did soccer with the girls. I, I, baseball was a passion of mine growing up. I ended up you know, being better in football. But, uh, but so, of course, when they got involved in softball, I just waded in and, uh, and just, just, just enjoyed the game of fast pitch and coaching them growing up. And, uh, and they, were, they were quite the little stars, and it was mm-hmm. just fun watching them develop. But that's how I got – you know, that's what we did. We did soccer and softball and, and those sports. Yeah, I, I've watched all your young ladies play, and they are – one is – I mean – Every one of them is a superstar in their own right. And you even have the youngest one is now at Virginia Tech, uh, Cameron, and she's a superstar herself. So it's amazing. Casey, would you say your dad is responsible for all of all of you being superstars? Um, yes. <laughs> but also, don't leave out Nancy's jeans. So, you know, we have half of say, those. Yeah, it's probably from <laughs> Nancy, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we... I mean, dad left out a lot of sports. We were pretty much in everything. Like I remember taking golf lessons, gymnastics, and then they told me, you know, that I was going to be a little too tall to be a gymnast. So we, you know, put the brakes on that one. Um, Volleyball, basketball, swimming. Oh my gosh. Every single sport we tried. But um, when it came down to it, when mom and dad were like, all right, Casey, you got to decide what you want to play because, and if, or no, 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 they didn't say it like that. They phrased it like, if you want to play soccer, then you have to train for it. And I was like, um, no, thanks. (laughs) So so I like training for softball a lot better than I like training for soccer. So that's what I chose. Didn't they throw you at goalkeeper at some point? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And I hated it. The, the being the last line of defense is just not, my lane in life i just the six is nightmare yeah it's it is my nightmare um (laughs) so (laughs) that was not my position (laughs) by the way i forgot to mention uh kevin and haley are at you guys are at emmanuel college now right coaching together yes sir and then casey and sammy are coaching at liberty university under the most gorgeous best coach in the history of of softball that's all i'm gonna say okay okay let's let's not get off track here all right let's, go ahead dan uh, if dana has a question go ahead dana let's let's keep it pg okay all right, all right. All right. she's coming so home tonight guys- she's coming home after a week all right never mind <laughs> all right we're we're, we're 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 changing lanes here we go here we go um seriously you guys are coaching at the college level. Um, I am a former college softball coach, and there was a time where I would, in the recruiting process, you'd see this kid and you go, this coach is in your ear going, she's awesome and she's great and she plays every position. And then you realize that the kid is actually the coach's daughter. Yeah. Every every single one of you guys are like, oh man, I know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. So you guys are kind of the the you guys are the anomaly to that because you actually were good and you were coached by your dad. Oh, so as <laughs> recruiters now, is that a turnoff or do you look for that? Like for kids that are, are coached by their their parents, whether mom or a dad, is that a good thing or a bad thing in your eyes? You know, that's a that's a good question. I I feel like if I feel like a lot of times like when I'm recruiting, I really truly don't take a coach's word for like uh, if I don't see something and somebody's telling me something like I don't believe it. So like I it doesn't matter to me really if it's their if it's a coach's kid or not. Um and like I just I just have to rely on me just 
my site and my own um, knowledge of the game. But I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that, but I don't really, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I feel the same. I like if I see an athlete and the coach is trying to tell me that someone that I haven't noticed is an all-star, I'm just going to be a little bit hesitant to trust them. So I think we trust, we trust our knowledge and what we see and we just take the coach's word with a grain of salt. Yeah, Mm. no, that's, that's good. Cause I think, you know, is, you know, college recruiting, uh, every parent is proud of kid for, for good reason. You know, I mean, it's, that's your job as a parent, promote them, encourage them, be proud of them. Uh, but it is sticky sometimes when, you know, you find out and you're like, Hey, your last name is the same last name as that. Oh, oh, I see what's happening yeah. here. So, uh, all right. Along with that, since you guys were coached by your dad, uh, what what is what was the best thing about being coached by your dad, and what was the worst thing? Let's go uh, with good and bad. <laughs> good and Uh-oh. bad. I I think the the best and the worst thing um, for me it was probably the same because if I and looking back on it now, I know it was a good thing, but if I had one bad game, I was moved to ninth in the batting order. And <laughs> he told me the only reason I was playing center field is because he didn't have another center field. <laughs> but, um, but looking back now that, you know, I can see why he did that. Um, but, you know, at the time, other kids would be, oh, she had five bad games in a row and she's still in the four hole, dad. Like, that's not fair. <laughs> um, but obviously, he's going to be a little bit tougher on us, um, which I'm thankful for now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was I was kind of going to say the same thing. Like when you talk about like, I guess the term to use is daddy ball. Like it was literally the opposite for us. Um, I remember and I, I mean the best thing about playing for my dad is just like that. I knew he loved me no matter what. So I always needed like that security. Um, even though I knew like, you know, he was going to get on me if the effort wasn't there. If I, if I wasn't successful, I still knew he loved me no matter what. So like failing was okay. Um, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to fail. And then the, like the worst thing was just like, I mean, it's kind of what Haley said. It's also the best thing for us, but um, he was like, dad was just really hard on us. And he was very much like, um, I'll never forget this. You guys are going to laugh at this, but I, I will never forget this as long as I live. So I was, we were, I was 14 or 15. I think I was in eighth grade and we were playing at eight, 16, um, 16 nationals in South Dakota, ASA nationals. And uh, I was playing shortstop and there was a ton of coaches in the stands. We were playing like the minors gold or something. There's a ton of coaches in the stands and I got four ground balls and I made four errors. Like it was terrible, but I was also four for four. And I remember I was in, I was like walking out of the bathroom and coach Murphy was talking to my dad and he was like, you know, tell me about your daughter. And my dad was like, why? <laughs> like she made four errors. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he like, yeah, but she was four for four. And Dab's like, okay. <laughs> like, and I was like, I mean, that's, it's so true. Like he was so hard on us, but it only made us better. And um, there was never any illusion that we were treated fa- like uh, better than anyone else, you know, um, just because we were held to a way higher standard. And he, Dad already has a really high standard, but like for us three, it was even higher. So um, we were blessed. Tell me about your daughter. Why? <laughs> That's amazing. Love that, Kevin. Sammy, you have you have something? You got to chime in on that. Yeah. I think, like, it's the same thing. He was hard on us, but I think that, like, he knew that that would help us. Like, it wasn't demeaning in any way. Like, I remember every single time he got frustrated with me after a game, it made me go out and take extra reps, like, like his way of coaching pushed me to it literally pushed me to be the best that I could because I was always out there working on my craft and I enjoyed doing it. So I can't even say anything negative because like 
like Casey and Haley said, him being hard on us was a good thing. And that's, that's all I can say. Wow. That's awesome. Bob, I got one more question. Right. It was to piggyback. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but to piggyback off, off of what they said, because Kevin, it does sound like you were that you walked that fine line of being hard on them, uh, but also giving them exactly what they needed. So my question to you is, you've been coaching for a long time. You've coached your kids. Is it easier to coach your kids or is it easier to coach somebody else's kids? Uh, I think it's easier to coach someone else's kids. I, I have a lot of regrets um, about the way I handled my three older, you know, kids. But, um, you know, they all overcame because I was very, very, very hard on them. And I look back on some of the time when they were young and I'm not proud of it. Um, I think I have a lot more grace with other kids. Um, you know, but they all turned out good. They're all tremendous, just tremendous people, tremendous coaches, and they're not they're not soft. And, you know, in today's world, I think there's a lot of soft out there and they don't have that in them. So um, so I'm proud of them. I don't I don't think a lot of it's due to the way I coached them. I think they have that in them. But um, but yeah, so I think it's easier to coach other people's kids. Um, I was very, very hard on especially my three oldest growing up. Very hard. Well, Kevin, well, it looked like it paid off. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. I mean, the way some kids are raised today, I think uh, your way was probably the the right way. Whether you, and Dad's well, a little self, he's a little hard on himself. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we loved it, Dad. We loved playing for you. It was the best. See that? Well, thank you. And they are great kids, all of them. Uh, even the other three, which I don't really interact with much, but I know they're great kids as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Kevin, did you? When you when you were coaching these three, did you have any idea that they were going to love the sport so much and become coaches themselves? Um, maybe not, Bob. But man, we sure spent an awful lot of time together. I mean, we we grinded. I mean, we we when we first started travel ball, um, when they were twelve, I think we left little league and decided to attack travel ball. And there were a lot of teams that were that would absolutely crush us. And we all committed to it. Within two years, we were demolishing people. I mean, they really, really bought in. It was a labor of love. I mean, we attacked it as a family. Um, and just, uh, you know, the memories and the, and the trips and the successes and failures, just, I mean, what a, what a, just a treasure trove of memories I have. And, I think maybe when you invest in something and you work hard together with someone, especially family members that, you know, maybe I should have seen that. Yeah. I mean, there's a good chance they'll become coaches because they, you know, because they're invested in it and they saw the rewards and that, and even failures that what, what you can get from failure in sports and, and how it builds character. So, you know, in retrospect, I should have guessed maybe that they would all be coaches and be really, really good ones. Yeah. They are good. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, you and I, Kevin, have had some conversations about our faith. And you told me that when you were playing for the 49ers, you were in that rough and tumble world. You were not following Christ. Yeah, Bob, I was saved when I was 40 years old. Awesome. So tell tell us how that happened. What, what, what brought you to Christ? Okay, I'll, I'll try to make it short, but... Um, I was one of those people um, that um, would read the Bible, fall away, ask Jesus Christ into my heart again, read the Bible, go on a sin binge, fall away again, ask Jesus into my heart again, just a repetitive cycle. Um, you know, and then I heard a sermon by a man named Paul Washer, W-A-S-H-E-R, online on GodTube one day. I was watching GodTube in one of my upswing moments in my life and uh he did a sermon on matthew 7 you know starting with verse 13 in the narrow gate and uh you know and talked about just basically the hypocrisy in the world and what um how because you asked jesus christ into your heart one time and wrote the date in your bible that 
you're not necessarily going to heaven. Um, you know, that Jesus himself said, if, you know, you got to bear good fruit and a bad tree doesn't bear good fruit and the bad trees are thrown into the fire. So anyway, Bob, I think the Lord reaches people through many different ways. And he reached me through fear because that day I was 40 years old. And that day I was scared to death because in my mind, if I had died that day, I was going to burn in hell. So that day I committed my life to Jesus Christ. Um, You know, I did it in my bedroom by myself and I never looked back. You know, my relationships grown every day and, you know, Jesus is first and foremost in my life. And, and, you know, I just, uh, you know, I'm just so, so, so thankful. That's amazing. Um, and I think, you know, as, as coaches, you know, for, for me, I coached, uh, half of my career not following Jesus and the very, I'd say more than half, the very end of it, I had surrendered to Jesus and, and really given things over. And it changes. It changes how you look at your players. It changes everything about your life, right? Um, how have you guys, how do you guys take, like as coaches, take who you were before Jesus and who you are in Jesus how do you take that to your teams to go, hey, I want to talk to you about Jesus, but that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I'm all together and all this, you know, kind of have that. Because I think sometimes Christians, like we come off as judgmental. Uh, we come off as better than, you know, I, I think that was one of the reasons when I was a teenager, I didn't want any part of Christianity because I was like, I can't be that. There's no way I can ever be that. Um, and so I think just being in the softball world or being in the world of athletics, I think it's important for us to take who we were before Jesus and who we are after Jesus. How do we put those two things together to show the kids like, Hey, this is, this is what it looks like. Like, how do you guys struggle with that? Like really mentoring and being a, um, to be disciples, making disciples. How do you do that well as a college coach, taking your past and using your present? Um, well, I think I think that that's super important to do, Dana, like using using the past and who you were before Christ and the way that you are handling these young women now. Because I think um, like when I was in college, I had the full college experience, you know, um, everything that comes with being independent for the first time, um, everything, everything a college kid wants to do, I did it. And so when I'm here at a Christian university now, like, um, you know, everyone falls away and everyone's walk is at different places. And looking back on my own life, it's so easy for me to be like, okay, look, I'm not going to say, sit here and point a finger at you and be like, you can't do this. You can't do that. And just hold the rules over your head. I'm just going to be like, Hey, I know from experience, this isn't the way, like, I know from experience, this is what the, like, there's a better way to deal with sadness, to deal with stressful classes, to deal with being stressed on the softball field. Like you don't have to go, you know, partake in the world. Like you, there's another way and it's better for you. And it's better for your life. And I just feel like without my experiences in life that I wouldn't be able to um, give to like impart wisdom on the kids that we're coaching, because it's like if I didn't see the other side, like how would I know how to deal with the kids or how to talk with them when they're struggling? Um, so I definitely think I use my past a lot um, whenever I'm whenever I'm talking to them, not just as like student athletes, but as just women and um, having conversations with them as like the young Christians that they are. Yeah, that's huge. You know, I read something that said, if you're a Christian and you're hiding your past or you don't want to talk about your past, it hasn't become your testimony yet. And I think sometimes as young Christians, you know, trying to present this 
hey, everything is great. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about what I did in the past because there's shame there or there's, you know, still dealing with consequences of bad decisions that we had in the past. But I think that's great. I think actually saying, hey, look, I've been where you are and it's just not the best way. Um, you know, I know the best way now, but man, I don't want you to have to go through what I went through. Do you guys, yeah. do you guys feel that the same kind of the same way as far as that goes? Yeah, I think like for me, um, I think it's made like my relationship with my players so much stronger, especially because my past honestly was so public and some of the things that happened, um, they know about already. So it's not like I have to, you know, just open up this conversation about, hey, I did this, this and this, like they know that I've been there. And um, I think that like as a coach now, they come to me about stuff and like dad can tell them, he's like, oh yeah, I've done everything you guys have done, you know? And they're like, okay, coach, but like, I'm closer in age to them. I'm a female. Like I've, I've dealt with some of the stuff that they're going through with boys and X, Y, Z and stuff like that. And I think that it makes them a lot more trusting of me and know that I'm not going to judge them or anything. I'm just going to tell them, you know, Hey, like this is the easy way. Like the Jesus way seems like the hard way, but it actually makes your life simple and easy. And, um, I think that it, it, it definitely like makes my relationship with them stronger just because they know that they can come to me with anything. I had the same college experience as Casey and Haley, and I'm, I'm a little bit newer of a coach than them. This is just my second year at Liberty, but I think that like this year I've had two players come up to me and ask for advice because they weren't, they were feeling convicted about some of the decisions that they've made. And it made me so happy because like when you're going through trials, like you don't, you think like you can only focus on the present and you're like, this is terrible. Why is this happening to me? But every single time that I've gone through something, it's, I've been able to use it for good. And when it happened this year with two of my players, it made me so happy because like God used my experiences for good. And the things that I went through that I thought like it was the end of the world, I'm helping like girls that are going through the same thing. And it just, it makes it all worth it. Like, like Christians need to use their past to help like the current generation. You, you have to do it. Amen, sweetie. Kevin. That's awesome. How does that make you feel listening to your three daughters who love Jesus? They sound very wise, Bob, and they don't get it from me. <laughs> so I, I uh, you know, we talk a lot, of course, about adversity. And I, I always have told them that I think that every single thing that happens, that God either makes it happen or he lets it happen. And it's always for two reasons, either to grow you or to help you mentor someone through that or both. And I think that's what they're all living out now in their coaching careers is getting to use some of the stuff they've been through in their lives because they've been through, I mean, they've been through so, so, so much. And our family's been through so much, like, that's really just unjust. And now the fact that they can use that and, uh, and you know, and help other people, it's, it's just awesome. I mean, that's, that's the way the Lord works. We know that as believers. Yes, that is awesome. Um, well, so you 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 have extensive experience, Kevin, as a coach of female sports. So how do you? I mean, how do you navigate that every day? Because it it can be difficult. I mean, it's I did it for many years too. And um, by the way, as Bob is asking this question, all three daughters are laughing. laughing. I know. They're, I know. They're, they're laughing. Bob they're laughing. That's um. um but you got to be on. You got to be on your best behavior every second of the day, right? Because any accusation, false accusation, and we know what can happen with that. So, how do you navigate all this? You're as a as a male coach coaching females. Help the male coaches understand what that what that's like. Yeah, Bob. I think uh, number one, like I am really blessed because so many of my player former players stay in touch and 
tell me what I meant to them in their life. And now they're asking me for coaching advice or different charts I use. It's, it's really, it's really rewarding, but Bob, I've coached every single kid I've ever coached. I've coached exactly. I've treated like they were my own daughter. Like I'm invested in them. I care about them other than softball. And they know that I know they know that. Um, they know my door's open. They know I can talk. They can talk to me about anything. Um, and I mean, I think, I think when your players know that you care about them as more than a player, I think that, that, that's when, you know, your impact's greatest on, on athletes. And I enjoy coaching female athletes. They're very eager to please. Um, they, they want to do right. They, they, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I mean, there's the drama side of things that can get sticky, but we're very, very upfront as a coaching staff. And if anything starts, I always bring in all parties and say, who said what? And we'll get to the bottom of it and we'll eliminate it. And I think uh, when you're, when you coach and, and your team and your locker room, just everything's an open book. I think a lot of the drama things are, are, are eliminated, but, um, but yeah, I, I enjoy coaching female athletes. I think they're special and, and, um, and, and I just treat every single one. I'm like, they're my daughter. I mean, I, I love them all. Awesome. Go ahead, Dana. No, I was just going to say that that's really good. Um, cause I think it's, it's, you know, in FCA, we talk about co- coaching the heart of the athlete, not just coaching the athlete, but coaching the heart of the athlete, because if you can do that well, that's when the athletes will run through the brick wall for you. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's got to be, there's got to be a bigger picture than the wins and losses. So hearing you guys talk about this as a family is really cool. Um, and I think coaches will get a lot out of this, uh, but it is, it is about the heart behind the Jersey and not, not just the the position that the kid plays or what she can do for you, you know, on the field. So um, no, it's good stuff. I love it. I have uh, two questions for each daughter. First, we'll go with the oldest. By the way, Casey is the oldest of the oldest, right? You're the oldest of the six. Yep, I'm the oldest of the six. I just turned 31 a couple of days ago. It's crazy. Crazy time. Well, well, before I get to those two questions, Sammy and Haley, what was it like having Casey as an older sister? Hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> she had a library. Okay, really. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> she had a library in her room. And if you wanted to read one of her books, you had to check it out. You had a certain amount of days, you had a certain amount of days to read it. And if you didn't return it on time, you owed her money. Okay, first of all, you guys This are is amazing. Entrepreneur. They are making me sound crazy. I only did this because they would lose my books. They would rip them and there would be dirt on them and I would never get them back. So I would be like, I had a system and I was like, you guys are going to give me my books back. And if you don't, I'm going to charge you money. (laughs) That's the answer to that question. Kevin, did you know about that? Awesome. You knew about that? Okay. And you thought, you're like me. You thought, wow, that's business. That's a business woman right there. Yeah. Then maybe she's like me. She's very, she's very organized. She likes all her stuff in order. Mm -hmm. Just very neat and likes everything just where it needs to be. Wait, have you seen her office lately? I don't think you have. No. Okay. (laughs) It's it's nice. Coach hung up my stuff for me because yeah, coach hung up your stuff for you. How many times? How many times did that one frame (laughs) fall before you decided you were going to fix it? It fell twice. Oh. <laughs> it, broke. it shattered. It shattered. I had to go get it fixed. So. Yeah. All right. So, Sammy, what's your experience with Casey as an older sister? Um, Casey liked to boss me around a lot. <laughs> a little, we both wanted to be a cowgirl. Are you? <laughs> okay. We both wanted to be a cowgirl. And... It was this her, is I, this is stuff that you can't even like. Wait, this this is better than anything we could have scripted. I'm that's just right. Listen, go on with the cowgirl. Go on with the cowgirl. First of all, what were we? I was five. Okay. Oh no, this was pretty recent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we were young. 
we both wanted to be a cowgirl, but since she apparently thought of the idea to be a cowgirl first, she told me, no, you don't want to be a cowgirl. You want to be a donkey girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that's a great idea. And I fell for it and got made fun of by everyone because donkey girls don't exist. <laughs> Casey's like, oh. she only knew that because she was reading about it. She had so many books in her room. <laughs> oh I didn't. I, yeah, go ahead, Kevin. I have to apologize to Casey Sorry. first that's because a, I didn't plan that. True, that's a true story. Because for Halloween one year, Sammy told us she wanted to be a donkey girl. And we were, me and Nancy were like, what are you talking about? What's a donkey girl? She's like, well, Casey told me and then, then we heard the whole story we were like wow casey yeah i was sick of her copying me okay well like, she looked up to you girl. she looked up to yeah. you my goodness yes i know that now but five-year-old me was very annoyed that she wanted to <laughs> casey and sammy by the way old or 25 year old i don't know give or take Casey and Sammy are experts on the Enneagram. Haley, do you do you guys, Haley and Kevin, do you use the Enneagram? I make my girls take, yeah. 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 They but, all take the test before they get here. But Casey's like, whew, she knows everything. She there was a time when she would send me text me things, memes about certain uh, Enneagram numbers. And uh, we would just <laughs> we would just laugh. Did you see that video I sent you the other day? Yes, I did. I sent it to the fam. I'm sure you laughed. Okay, here are the two questions for each of you. Start with Casey. How did you um, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's one. And then what? give me one thing that you learned from your dad as a coach. Okay. Um, Well, when I was, let's see, how did... When I accepted Jesus as my savior, um, I was number one, I was in first grade. We were at a Christian school and it was a Baptist school. So they, uh, my teacher told me every day, if I didn't accept Jesus into my heart, I was going to die and go to hell. And so I literally would cry every night and be like, Jesus, please like, don't let me go to hell. So and I'm like seven years old. Okay. So this is after you were a cowgirl. This is, yeah, she's yeah. going, Jesus, I'm the, I'm a good cowgirl. You don't send good cowgirls to hell? This is post-cowgirl. Okay, so. Post-cowgirl. Uh, okay, because you lied yeah. to your sister about donkey girl. So, did you? Did I know. <laughs> so, I was, you know, I was on the better track. So I was trying to get back on track. Um, but, yeah, so my mom, you know, she ended up pulling us out of that school because of those, along, something, stuff along those lines kept happening. Um, but I really like my whole life. I, I really do well with rules. Um, cause there's no stress in rules. Like if you obey the rules, like it's great. Like there's no, nothing, nothing bad can happen. Um, so I like was really committed to like the rules that come, the rules in my mind that come with Christianity. Um, there was no like love in my heart for Jesus. There was really no relationship. I just wanted to be good. So I, I really was like, I, I probably just, I was just like a really, really angel, goody, goody, two shoes kid. And then whenever, um, I got to college and a bunch of like, whenever we got kicked off the team at Florida and we were transferring, I've never felt like I was I was like, so basically like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea what the future was going to hold. And I've never had that much stress and anxiety in my life before. And I didn't know where to turn because I felt like nobody knew what I was going through. Um, And so at that point, um, I, I really, really started praying um, and kind of just being like, talking to God more rather than just like, reading my Bible and just being like, okay, like check my box off. I read my Bible today. So once I got to Arkansas, I got baptized. Um, I just, I just completely, my relationship with Jesus, like became an actual relationship with Jesus. It wasn't just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being a good Christian, um, on the surface. So, that was, I, I don't really, I can't really tell you the exact moment, but it was definitely a gradual change. 
Um, and it's still, you know, the, the walk of a Christian is, is always, it's, you know, it's always being developed and I'm still being, I'm still learning and growing today. Um, and then the uh, thing that I learned from my dad, um, I learned so many things from my dad. Um, I like, he's really hard on himself about how he like raised us and, and, uh, how he coached us, but like, I wouldn't change anything. Um, and a lot of the, um, a lot of the things I learned from him are just in generalities is like being a hard worker, um, just like making sure you are treating people the same. Um, like when you guys asked him a question about how he coaches women, it's like, I think the thing that we appreciated the most, like now that I'm looking back on it is dad is always the same, like he's always the same person. It doesn't matter if he yells at you five seconds ago, like he's, he's over it. He's moved on. Like he's the same. And so I think that is the biggest thing I took away from, from um, being coached by him and just learning um, that it's be consistent. Like when you show up every day, just be consistent. And it makes it a lot easier for people to trust you. Um, it makes it a lot easier for people to approach you and to believe what you're saying and to buy into what you're saying. If you are consistently the same person every day, um, because like, there's a lot of things that go on outside, like in our own personal lives. But when we come to the field, it's like treat people the same, be the, be consistent person, um, love everyone, treat everyone the way you would want to be treated. And I think that's, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I learned from dad. Hmm. Sammy? So I just always remember growing up in a Christian household, like going to church and everything, but I don't think like Jesus became real to me. Like I didn't really understand um, what it was to have a relationship until I played in Japan. Um, And I had, it was a, a tough experience over there because I was essentially alone. I had one American teammate and then I had a translator but um, it was very hard being over there because I didn't have like a good coach or a coach that I could understand or really anyone except my teammate um, to talk to especially because the time zone is completely different like when I woke up America was going to bed so I just felt really alone over there and I started my Bible app a lot in my free time. And when I got back to America, I believe in 2017, I got baptized, but I still um, felt like my relationship could again, could have been better. And I'm one of those people that like, I'm a product of my environment. So whenever I go home around my family, I feel really good because they like, they walk the walk, they read the Bible, they like, they act like Christians, you can see that they're a Christian in everything that they do. So being home with them was really good for me and my walk. But now that I'm at Liberty, it's awesome because I'm around Christianity all the time. So like, we go to Bible studies all the time. And just being around Dot, like, she made me even more aware of Jesus with like her teachings on how we know the Bible is real, like, and talking about like actual history um, and like proving the Bible. And that to me has brought me to a whole new level. Cause I'm like, how do people not believe this? Like, I know for a fact, Jesus is real. And I think to be able to say that now, like, instead of, I felt he was real, like, but now actually knowing, having that knowledge and studying it, like my my faith is stronger than ever before, like being at Liberty. And I'm, I'm blessed to be around it all the time because I need that. Um, and I would say one thing I learned from my dad, like I talk about my dad all the time when people ask me why I'm successful in my sport. And it's like, it was just how he lived his life. Like I I've learned so much from him because without him, I don't, I'm not as successful as I could have been in my sport because he taught me how to work hard. Like, and it's not just like kids today think they're working hard. And I'm like, you're not like, you don't know what working hard is. And it 
like that's my dad had to work extremely hard to be successful in his sport. And like, he showed me how to do that. And I did it because all I cared about, like was being the best beating everybody. And he taught me how to do that. And like being able like that being instilled in me from a young age, I can now apply to every area of my life. And it's like, like everything you do, do for the Lord. And I, I feel like everything I do, I want, like, I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I think that's made me the player I am, the coach I am, the person I am. And yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing I've learned. Haley. Best for last. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, I would say um, I kind of had, as far as uh, accepting Christ, um, you know, we, when we didn't have uh, travel ball or games and stuff, you know, we grew up in church. um, So I, I've always been, we are always exposed to that. Um, You know, you hear the Bible stories and stuff and, Um, I kind of had like what dad talked about, like, especially through college, like I would go through these ups and these highs and be like, oh yes, I love God and go to church. And then I would, you know, go through the valley and, you know, be sinning and stuff and, um, not be living right and try to push God to the side and then something would happen and, you know, Jesus, please come back into my life. Um, so I kind of had that relationship for a while, um, and I also always felt like I would, I struggled like with my identity because I felt like softball was my only worth. And that's kind of like how our coaches treated us was, you know, like, that's what they cared about was softball, softball, softball. And so I never felt like they really cared about us off the field other than if we were eligible. So like our grades being good. Um, but as far as me really like, accepting Christ and like walking the walk or doing my best to do so, um, was actually after I had Kai, um, he changed my life. Um, he (laughs) is the biggest blessing. Sorry. Sorry. Take your time. I knew you were going to be the one that cried. (laughs) Um, we actually got baptized together um, in February of 2019. Um, and he just changed my life. I mean, I think being a parent just makes you want the best for your kid. And I wanted him to have the best me. And I knew that that was going to be if I had a consistent relationship with God. Um so that is what, like, you know, strengthened my relationship with God. And um, I read the Bible every day. Um, and he reads the Bible, too, which is the funniest, funnest thing. Um, I read him his little, he has like a little comic book Bible. And I read him that every single night. And he's like, he loves it. Um, his favorite book is actually Revelation. He turns to that every single night. <laughs> so is Dots, like, I've read you this. I've read you this one like 10 times, dude. Um, <laughs> but he he's really like, and sometimes I'll, I'll tell him, I'll be like, I made you. I can do, I can tell you what I want. He's like, no, actually, Jesus made me. Like, <laughs> okay, you're right. Um, but he was what God used to really um kickstart my relationship you know um with him um so that that is he's a little angel most of the time um and then as far as like the best thing that I've learned from my dad I think it's really special like getting to coach with him um but I would just say like treating every single kid coaching every single kid, um, investing in every single kid, whether they're your starting shortstop or your um, third string right fielder. Um, And I think that that's what, you know, why dad has so many players who still reach out to him uh, eight years after he coached them um, because they know that, you know, he, he's going to coach, he's not just invested in, in them because they're good. 
um, or because they did X, Y, Z for them. He's invested in them because he truly cares for them. And I think that's like one of the biggest things for me is making sure like all my kids know, like I'm going to coach you whether you're my number one or you're never going to play. I'm going to invest that into you. And um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned from him. Wow. Kevin, I know you must be thinking something. We're going to wrap this up. I have two questions for you, Kevin. Kevin was a, um, an amazing defensive player for the 49ers. I think, were you on the, did you make the uh, all pro team? I think, I was all pro, uh, 1990. So quarterbacks were your enemy. Did you, I just want to know, it's a fun question. Did you help the quarterbacks up after you demolished them? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bob, I was a, I was a very, very nasty human being when I played football. I didn't help my own teammates up. Oh, all right. Well, thank you for your honesty. Okay. So. Your daughters are amazing. I hope that, um, you know, you, you've been pretty hard on yourself all these years because of the way you felt that you coached them or treated them. But it seems to me like you did a great job. So how are you feeling right now? You have the last word. Say whatever you want. You can say it to them. You can say it to the coaches out there. Whatever God has on your heart. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously very proud of all my children. Um they're, you know, Haley hit the nail on the head. Your children are just a blessing. Um, my children, are, they've made me proud over and over again. Um, and my advice in coaching, I mean, that's, I think, one of the biggest ways Jesus Christ has impacted my life is, um, you know, just what Haley said. Like, that's something me and her, like, truly do. I know Casey and Sam, we do it. I know Dots are the same She's of the same fiber. You invest in every single kid, whether they're like, Bob, I, I could care less if a kid is uh, an All-American. I mean, I, I released an All-American when I was at Central Florida. Like, she was bad character. Like, I, I don't care. Like, but I'm going to invest in every single kid. And it doesn't matter their skill level or whatever. Like, they're going to get my very best. And I think, you know, I think that's just a way of life for a Christian. I mean, you're investing in people. I mean, we know that everything's about relationships, which is why Jesus Christ wants a relationship with, with each and every one of us. So um, if we just do our best to carry that forward and, and invest in these, these student athletes and, and anyone, I mean, from your family members to, to anyone, you can have an impact and it's just huge. And that's how, you know, Dan has said, you know, about, you know, people thinking Christians are, you know, perfect or self-righteous or judgmental or whatever. The best thing we can do for Christianity and to spread the word is just, just, just treating people the way they should be treated. And, you know, just, just, uh, you know, just treating them like they're truly God's creation and made in his image. Hmm. Dana, you have any last words? Ah, that was powerful. All three of you. I mean, all four of you. But uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. It was powerful. Thank you all for sharing. Yeah, guys, I love you guys so much. You have no idea how awesome this was. So, can we do podcasts like all the time? I feel like so good about myself right now. I feel like there's been just like so much love and positivity that I just I just want to be on podcasts every day. <laughs> Well, sure. You want to be you want to be a co-host too. I'll only do it if Bobbert's on it. Oh, thank you, Haley. <laughs> Sam, look at Sammy's so laid back. She's just whatever. Where are you, Sammy? I'm in my bedroom. Oh, okay. Maybe you should go to work. I don't have a car. Oh, that's... yeah, I have to drive. <laughs> my rental fell through, so I'm relying on Casey. Just so fun. Awesome. You guys are great, Kevin. Thank you so much. Thank you for having these three. Tell Nancy I said thank you, too. <laughs> They're a blessing. Will, They're yeah. a blessing. I miss you. I miss you, too. Yeah. December 12th, we're going to do a Zoom for Faithful Coach, and there's going to be some um, coaches, marriage experts on. They're going to 
walk us through what Ooh. it's like to be married to a coach and the pitfalls and how to navigate all that. So hopefully we'll see you on there. Play with Kai between seven and eight, and then get on the uh, <laughs> get on the Zoom, Dad, our granddad. Okay, you, and you too. You got it. You married Casey. You're married. You get on there too. Okay. Bring Will. Okay, Will. Will and Nancy. <laughs> All right, guys. God bless you guys. All right, See you guys. soon. All right. Bye. See you guys. Bye, Dan. Hi, guys. This is Bob Pinto, your host. You've been listening to Faithful Coach. Thank you for listening. We're so happy you're here. We're blessed to have you. We are a ministry and a podcast for, to, and by Christian coaches. We're here to encourage you, support you, teach you. We know what it's like to be Christian coaches, and we know how difficult it can be, and it's likely to get more difficult in the days to come. If you're not part of our group and you'd like to be, you can email me at Bob at faithfulcoach.com, Bob at faithfulcoach.com. Again, guys, thank you for listening. We hope you were encouraged today. We will talk to you soon. God bless you.